0: Hello and welcome to the Super Turb Podcast with your host, Michael Turbitt, your local real estate expert, where we'll talk real estate, sports, business, and beer in the triangle. And now, here's your host, Michael Turbitt.
1: hey and- Welcome to the Super Turf Podcast. I'm your host Michael Turbitt, your local real estate expert with the Service Group, Pobo Banker HPW, and welcome to joining me on my Super Turf Podcast. I started this Jim in the fall. Your episode 29. I can't believe it. I started this to talk with local business owners, um, entrepreneurs, agents, coaches, just to tell your story, um, tell yourself a l- little bit, I But most importantly for today, Jim, I wanted you to come on. Obviously, I've known you now, <sighs> been doing real estate 15 years. You've known my mom. Probably you guys have been doing about it her, just as long, her right? Whole life, yeah. yeah so I, feel I, thought, like. I thought, how cool would it be to have Jim Allen, Coldwell Banker HPW, number one large, number one team in America for units sold last year, yeah. and we share walls. That's how right. cool is that? That is right, and <laughs> and it's so exciting. Look,
2: the cool thing is when Michael asked me about it, I couldn't wait to do it because I'm a fan of it. I watch it. Too. I appreciate so I, it. I, heck.
1: Yeah. I I
2: encourage it, man. So
1: I have a lot of questions for you. I I want you to tell your story, but I want you all to talk about the real estate market that we're seeing today. uh, Obviously, you're a staple with new construction as well, with relationships you have, the developments you've helped with. Maybe talk more about new construction, because I know I have conversations daily about new homes, new construction, lumber, material, So it's going to be great to have a professional, an expert, maybe just give additional insight to that to help educate more. That's what we also do this for. So I'm going to, and I also wanted to briefly talk before we take a break. So I always like to have a real estate topic or tip before this. And now we're entering into July. And I think, Jim, you could probably touch on this with you and your team. Normally, we'd probably see a little bit of a slowdown, you know, summer. Now I know more people are traveling. But one thing that I think that COVID has done in regards to virtual and FaceTime and you may be 3,000 miles away, but a listing goes live. That agent's there to help you, may even make an offer sight unseen. So we haven't seen any slowdown. We had a coming soon listing come today. I've already had six calls on it. We don't even have photos really yet. So it's just, it's amazing. Are you seeing the same thing? Uh, it's absolutely wide
2: open. In, in fact, I, I think you have to react immediately. You don't even have time to get inside of a home if you want an opportunity to purchase it. There's only a .24 month supply of houses. Period. So when you're when you're only at eight tenths of one month supply, then you have to sit here and look at the whole marketplace and say it takes 11 months, 12 months, 14 months to build these houses. We won't catch up in the short run. So it's going to get worse and worse and worse at, as we go through because not enough houses have gotten built this past year
1: because of some interruption yeah no question no question so we're going to get into that i'm going to take a quick break and then on the other side we're going to start our, our conversation with jim allen with the jim allen group can't wait to get into this all right yes sir whether
0: you're buying selling or investing in the triangle michael turbot with the ida turbot group coldwell banker hpw will put you in position to win with almost 15 years of real estate experience, Michael and his team will help navigate you through the real estate transaction from beginning to end, always putting your best interest first. In today's competitive real estate market, now more than ever, selecting the real estate professional to assist you with your biggest investment is vital. Please contact Michael Turbitt today to find out more on what he and his team do to separate themselves from the rest and help you accomplish your real estate goals. Remember, who you work with matters, and Michael looks forward to hearing from you soon. And welcome back
1: to the Super Turb Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Michael Turbitt, your local real estate expert with the Idaho Group, Cobo Banger HBW, and I have Jim Allen with me, owner of the Jim Allen Group. Jim, before we get started, I know many people watching this, listening to this, may know you, but if not, tell everybody your name, who you are, where you're from.
2: Uh, Jim Allen, I'm originally from a little town called Samora, North Carolina, but I've been in Raleigh since I went to college at State and and been here ever since and started selling real estate uh, a year after I got out of college. I I thought I wanted to be an engineer and went out and tried that. I won't tell you the local firm I worked for, but... Uh, it wasn't my bag, but I was smart enough, thank goodness. I dated a girl in college that talked me into getting my real estate license while we were in college. She was a apartment manager and needed to get hers and couldn't pass the exam, so I took it with her. And So what year was it? that, if
1: you don't mind sharing? When, how long have you been in doing I, real estate?
2: I have been doing real estate since 1984. I uh, got my... I, I took my test and exam in
1: 1982, but I actually didn't start selling until 84. So you got about three years on my mom, Ida. So that's cool. And I know you have some great stories. We'll share later. So how long have you been with Coldwell Banker? Been with Coldwell Banker since 2009. That's hard Came hard over like at the bottom of the market. That's hardly, we've, we've been here 10 years now. So that's great. So when you first started, how long was it until you started a team? You, were, you know you were individual i really I really didn't start
2: a team until I'd been in business maybe ten years. Uh, I wish I had started earlier, but I was under this illusion that I had to do everything myself, and everybody had to get some of me and I think that's part of as an agent getting past that your own ego stops you from doing a lot of things in business, you know you think, oh. I'm the only one who can do whatever and and you realize that at a certain point when you start getting busy enough, you're hurting your clients instead of helping them trying to do everything you know you we should all have other professionals we bring in to assist us. I think everybody's a team; people say they're not, but they team up with other people in their office you know we if you're going to have any life at all yeah. you're you're going to have different times. I watched you do it earlier, you got another team member to go take a picture for you on something. I mean, if you don't have some kind of working relationships, one of the great things about Co-Op Banker is the offices in general are so willing to help each other that no you know some of the agents that aren't on teams yet have formed little mini teams just by helping each
1: You're exactly other. Exactly right, because we get emails all the time, hey, I need help with a showing or can someone go open a house for me? It's amazing how quick people respond and they want to help one another. So that's a really good point. So with your team today and you've obviously grown over the years, how many people are on your team right now? Well, All right, then tell us a little you're, bit you're, about your, it. You're making me guess no, now, yeah. but tell but, us about your team first. And so, and and then how many you that are working so with. So we've got twenty six full
2: time employees on our team, and you know, that's broken up into five people that do nothing but input listings and things of that nature because you know, we care about client care side of it so much, and everything's got to be instantaneous right now. And I don't want the agents that work for me to have to spend their time inputting the listings. I want them out trying to help our clients and being more client service managers. And and really, I, I think what's lost in our industry right now is the helpful side. Like, you know, y- you should be the resource for where should my kid go to the doctor, Where, what veterinary should I use, what are the better groceries, whatever the questions are, that's all a part of being a real estate agent, in my opinion, and and I want to free my agents up, and that's one of the things we've done with our team is we have uh, closing coordinators that negotiate repairs and follow the tracking of that part, and, and we have professionals in each of those positions, whether it's who takes the pictures, who takes the brochures out who drops your signs, who picks the lock boxes up so that the agents can really focus on the clients more because that's that's our number one thing we teach is, believe it or not, today, it's just, I don't care if it's their first house or their 50th house, it's the most
1: important thing that person's ever going to invest in and they deserve the time. Well, question. I mean, you're exactly right. And communication relationships is everything. So I'm going to take you back a little bit I know when you started, you went to college here. So tell everybody because it's fun when mom was talking about. It. I was seven when I moved to Raleigh. But what was Raleigh like when you started? Holy cow! So, Did, uh, do you remember what the average sales price when you started? Yes,
2: uh, my average sales price was fifty two <laughs> five. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, the, the first home I sold, I sold for thirty four thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. I, I, I can't forget that. How much was it? 34750 <laughs> So, and and I'll and tell what, you. I,
1: and what was the contract like back then?
2: One page, um, you know, really simple. Um, not much to it at all. I think you had like four things you had to fill in on the front page. And That's that was, amazing. That was pretty much it. As we just had our contract re- uh, meeting today with Roger and. <laughs> well, see, w- so when I started, we didn't even have computers yet. So <laughs> we had a book they published every two weeks, and if you got something listed, your your goal was to get it listed in the before the publishing date expired. So it was in the book in two days. So. I mean, two weeks. So the reason it took so long for homes to sell back then is just to
1: literally have anybody else know other than you that it was on the market. So if you could go back in time and tell Jim Allen something that you wish you knew now, what would it be?
2: Get out of your own way and accept help. Don't have to do everything yourself. Um, Be willing to ask other people who've already done it and learn from their experience. I tended to be the, the school of hard knocks guy that um, thought, gosh, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, I'm smart, I can do this, mm-hmm. I can do that. And the truth is, we all realize the older we get, we're learning every day how little we knew when we were young. And, you know, gosh, it'd be fun to get back and implant in that guy's head.
1: You really don't know it all, it, you know, it, what you thought you knew, you really didn't know. So what, and I know, what was um, since then until now, and I know it's uh, been a few few decades, however, but what are the biggest changes you've seen in the triangle regarding the real estate market?
2: Well, I would, I would say a lot of it is we're now an international market. We're not just uh, a local market anymore. I mean, I, I have as many clients today buying houses sight unseen from California or or another country, as I do people who are actually riding around looking at houses. So, you know, Raleigh has become a destination versus when, you know, when I was starting out my career, I mean, people thought we were Mayberry. And yeah. and today, it's really, you know, one of the top four or
1: five places in the country people consider before they're gonna move. We have over 70 people moving here today. And actually, I did a fit, fun video with my son a couple days ago, uh, guess the sales price with a teen, uh, teen trivia. And I did a, a listing in San Jose that just closed last week, 1,600 square feet, four bedrooms, two bath, 0.14 acres, sold for 250000 over asking for $1.35 million. Then I showed a listing that we just recently sold a month ago in Wake Forest for 4,100 square feet, listed at 599 Now, it sold for 701 but the people coming in from out of state, they're like, we could get 4,100 square feet on two-thirds of an acre. So we're also seeing that, the cost of living, taxes... It's just a phenomenal place to live. If anything, now we just need accessibility. more. accessibility. I mean, you know, when when I started, there wasn't an outer loop.
2: There, mm-hmm. the inner loop was barely used, and you know, North Hills Mall was a J.C. Penney and a cafeteria. And <laughs> and you know, now look at what's happening with North Hills. I'm, I sold my first house in North Hills for sixty four thousand dollars in nineteen eighty six. And I bought that same house again this past year. And the same one. The same one. I bought it for six hundred five uh, to tear it down to
1: build Builder. a two point seven five million dollar <laughs> house. That's awesome. And that leads me to my next question. Is perfect. So we were, you know, we're out and about. And what's awesome too is we, we do several deals together. The Jim Allen team, new construction. Yep. Right. Where have you? Become so instrumental with land development and new construction. How did you start that? So, as a
2: as a child, I mean, really, literally a child. At 22, 23 years old, and and I know that that's supposed to be an adult. I was a child at 22 or three. Uh, I got to sit with some of the most brilliant people. A guy named Lewis Dickerson who uh, started Homes by Dickerson. I was going to say that's Dickerson. Uh, a guy named Arthur Sandman who was the best developer that ever developed in Raleigh and a guy named Tom Powell, who was my mentor, who was selling the homes for him. And a, and another guy named, uh, Mike Debnem. And those four people were so instrumental in forming North Raleigh. And to be a young kid sitting there getting to listen and getting the inside track on what those guys were doing. Now they didn't have any idea they were helping me while we were doing this because Back then, everybody did everything for themselves. And I've taken that into my own real estate career and realized I do the opposite of that. I'm continually trying to teach somebody else how to do what I do because I know it was so much harder figuring it out on my own, you know, watching someone else versus I I don't mind helping. When people ask me, I mean, just like you, and I notice when HPW agents ask for help, you and I are the first two to respond most Mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. And, and I do it because we owe it back to our industry. I mean, I, I, I have a wonderful life, and, and I love the people I get to help, and, and I love the industry I'm in. But the, the new home side of it was just an emergence. Uh, those guys were already doing everything, and they just finally aged out. Um, I, Tom Powell had his own agency, and that's where I worked originally for the Powell and & Company. And when he decided he was tired of doing it, Um, Mike Debnam left and went to Hygien Kitchell and formed a new home staying there. Tom went back to his former stomping grounds at Prudential, and I went with him. And, you know, I didn't want to take his business, so I started my own. I worked for him. I was just on his team, you know, for the first really 10 years of my business. Uh, And that's why I didn't start a team earlier, because I was on a team, we just didn't call it a team. It was his company, and it was, you know, named Powell and Company, and it's no different than what you and I do as a team right now. He just called his company, and, and instead of being affiliated with another company, that's one of the great things about H They've allowed us to have our own entrepreneurial spirit within a big company. Nope. And yeah. I don't want to own the company. You know, I want to sell people houses and and help them. But, you know, the new home side of it, the way that really started is when other developers started getting older and older or stopped just, you know, they made their money and got tired of doing it. I had builders that were relying on me and I had to start finding ways to provide lots for them. So I I didn't want to do it. I've been forced to do it.
1: Gotcha. So. I mean, I, and this uh, this is great cuz I'm learning things I didn't know about you. So this is awesome, man. Um last March, we all got hit with an uppercut. Didn't know it was coming, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, um, the you know, we've we've seen the effects of it on the real estate market just with the lack of inventory alone, we're down about 80% in Wake County per May 20 to May 21, and saying that it's spilled over into new construction and what have you seen? Because I remember the last pre-sale I've done where actually like did a pre-sale where my clients could pick things out. It was January. That's right. And so, and actually, we got one building with Winslow Homes. That was my last one where they could actually pick things out. What has COVID done to the new construction? I you touched on it briefly at the beginning of the podcast, but maybe you can elaborate more on what you're seeing and the challenges the builders are having because I know buyers like, I want to go buy that home, that lot, but they're not releasing them until maybe they're spec'd out and everything's picked out. So maybe you can talk about that, well, maybe lumber, margins, and
2: what you're what you're saying is exactly right so we we are finding that it's very difficult to price a house until the very end of construction because you don't know even what materials are going to be available and if you've gone under contract to sell a home to someone and it's hard for people to understand well we put Specs in the agreement we do with them. Well, what if all of a sudden this particular thing stops being available? It's not that you don't want to deliver it, mm-hmm. you simply can't. I mean, different windows, appliances, everything is at such scarcity right now that we don't, you're afraid to sign a contract with someone to tell what you're delivering because it may not be available. And that person had this dream house they wanted. And you're not able to deliver it. So the other thing we're combating against, you know, in North Raleigh for 27609, where we're sitting, this year's appreciation will be right at 20%. Yeah. And, you know, so when you're sitting there, okay, 20% appreciation, that's one and a quarter, one and three quarters a month that a house is going up in value. It takes six to months to build. If you're building it and the costs are going up at 25% while you're building it, well, sounds great because it's going to be worth this much more when you finish and you're buying it but when you're on the other side and the cost have increased 25 percent you know't how do you make a profit when that when those two things are happening so what's happening is most of my builders are waiting until interior trim is done cabinets are in before they'll price a house still allowing people time to come in and paint or maybe select flooring and things of that nature but that's about the selection process. I mean, as many builders as I represent, I probably only have a handful right now that will accept pre-sales, and those pre-sales are really um, more the upper end client. Now, I do represent one builder Cavendish and Cates in town that uh, actually is putting everything in their house, and they're selling them before they begin construction right now, which is amazing. But You know all of my guys want to be fair with the consumer and if they priced it up front right now they would have to put so much fluff in there to cover themselves that they're not comfortable with it because integrity is a big part of building and having the person on the other end respect you when it's over is as important as how you started and these guys have built their reputations on character and for the first time ever, they can't predict cost.
1: Understood. Do you see any things like? Have you seen any escalation clauses for lumber? As you know, if you did a pre-sale or something, to, all of them. You know, because I mean, I, that's something I saw beginning of this year. Um, and I mean, it but, makes but it's
2: not just lumber anymore. So when it was just lumber that was impacting it, that was great. But it's not anymore. Now it's every yeah. single component of the house. I mean, every week it's a different supply. I OSB. My gosh went from $3.80 a board to it's selling at $40 a board right now. So, you know, there are things that just simply aren't even available. And the other thing that's happening right now, no one can predict, the theft. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Uh, a, A framing package gets dropped on Friday afternoon. You know, that's the first delivery date they can make. Well, the framers aren't coming till Monday. They show up Monday and there's no lumber there and we are having the, the theft problem has become so big on especially when you're in a new community that no homes have been built in yet and you're just kicking it off well there's nobody there policing it 24 hours a day and people are are you know these kinds of times create desperation with subs and you know delivering prices the subcontractors are under the pressure to deliver product for what they promised somebody they were going to do it for. They don't want to price it, so it's not just the builder. You know, you may have a plumber that's been doing work for you forever, and you know what your plumbing jobs cost per house. Well, he doesn't know what his job costs are, so he can't tell you yet. That that's happening. That's real. Back.
1: So we have buyers listening right now, and they're wanting to wait maybe for a new home. What advice would you give them? And then. And then for the next year, you know, how? what weight or well,
2: I mean, fir- what, what things f- would you do? The first thing is an awful lot of the product that's available isn't in the MLS yet. Uh, if there are communities you like, ride around, look, you'll see product that's under construction. Uh, sometimes if something's gotten far enough along with encouragement for agents like you that I know can manage the process well, I'll convince the builders to try and, and put more of a target price on it. But, you know, it, it's more important. You say it all the time. It's important who you work with. It's never been more important in than doubt. who you work with. So right now, if I have a super inexperienced agent who really doesn't know how to counsel their client in the pre-sale process, their client's going to come out of this thing very frustrated. So, you know, if if the agent I'm dealing with is mature enough to handle it, We almost have to pick and choose who we can do business with because uh, the builders want to keep their reputations intact. They don't want someone calling them, you know, all weekend long telling them that uh, no one showed up to do this or do that or do the other. They'd rather take their time, get it right, and not be with that gun to their head. You know, and I know the the consumer can't wait because there's no housing available, so they got to be able to buy. You know, I think my biggest thing I would tell all agents, I would tell the consumer too, if you're planning on putting a down payment down on your house, and you want to have an opportunity to buy the next house, that needs to be your due diligence fee. Yep. Whatever that whole amount you were planning on putting down, make because it's not the highest bid winning because everything's selling over full price. We're sitting in 27609. I'm a big stat guy, so I know numbers out the wazoo. 27609, the average house is selling 15% over asking price right now. 27502, which is Apex, is the lowest. That's at 7% above asking right now. So when you know that going in, the price in the MLS is the starting price. It is not what you're going to be able to purchase a home for, it's today's starting price. And so your bid should be adjusted according to what the percentages above asking things are selling. But the way to get it below that number, so here's how you as an agent used to be, how much do I get off the list price is how I yeah. prove what I'm doing. Not, not anymore. anymore. Now it's how much below above asking am I able to get it? And the way you do that is by supplying more mm-hmm. due diligence mm-hmm. fee. You know, I'm not afraid to say that to people because I think there are so many people afraid to ask the question.
1: Funny, I got Jennifer Zett, great agent on our team. She made a great comment. List price is just the starting price, and that's where. And then Christine with a great comment, you know, they're on our team. And of course, Zach, you know, who you work with, matters. Yeah. Um, I think too. What's so important, Jim? What you were saying is a lot of questions. Is should I have an agent for new construction as well? And I Absolutely. say for sure. Oh my God! What do you think about the bigger builders that we've seen starting to cut commission to buyer agents? Because I to think me it's, it's foolish. It's, it's it's crazy to me.
2: To me, I, I will tell you, right now, when there's scarcity, they're going to do okay. But there is a selection process. We have long memories as mm-hmm. agents. We remember the people who've done well by us. I, I saw a, a company the other day that has done the opposite. They've increased their payout to 3% instead of reducing it. And, you know, they set, they put an ad out and said, listen, we value agents. Please bring us sales. Their numbers are shooting through the roof. Other and the largest builder, I won't say their name, but the largest builder in our market has dropped down to just a simple flat fee, $5,000, no matter what the price range of the home is. And they're failing to realize we aren't like regular people who have a 9-to-5 a job who get paid no matter what. We get paid in lump sums, but we may work a year yeah. and a half, two years, and not get paid a nickel for all that length of time. So sure, the check we get at the end looks larger, but guess what? When you take it across the period of time that it takes to earn it, mm-hmm. it's not very big we're We're minimum wage like everyone else but the and i'm not poor mouthing it, but my my point to that is those guys that are discounting that commission are forgetting the relationship part of our business. That's what we build our time on and if If I get to choose and and I get to choose for my client, if there is availability. Uh, it's. I'm not. I'm always going to put my clients' needs first, no matter what. But I will. I'll bet you, coming out of the the market we're in right now, those types of people will get injured, and they think that we'll forget when they raise the rates back. We won't. Nope. We'll always be looking for an alternative.
1: Nope. And because they still want you to. It, it just it baffles me as well. They I, want you to you know, do the
2: same amount of work. They less. want you to do everything. But they
1: don't want to pay you, and and that's it's almost discouraging. Buyers that you don't need an agent, and you have every right to have someone represent you and help you through the process.
2: Well, in fact, uh, that same company I was talking about, um, we've had multiple buyers of our own that we work. We take them there the first time, and during the course of the conversations with their agents, uh, and they're not agents, by the way. They're salespeople who are not licensed. Uh, those people are telling their client the whole time, you don't need an agent. There's no reason for you to have an agent. Why would you even think of having an agent? And
1: I saw, I think that is absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, and so this is great because you're segueing so great to my questions I have for today. And you're talking about the next two to five years. What do you see the home prices doing? Because I'm sure you hear this all the time. Oh, we're going to wait for the crash. It's and not I, coming. And I, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I try to explain people: this is not ten years ago. And obviously, we don't have crystal balls. But what you, you know, what do you think in the next two to I got five a years? a good one. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, to let, us. let me tell
2: you. So the, the good news about being old, first, and and having done this for a length length of time, is I have really important relationships with the banks in our community and I supply numbers to them and stats to them and help them decide how to raise lower limits that they'll loan to, et cetera. And so we've been having discussions recently, and most of the banks that we deal with on the construction side of it are raising the amount they will loan to builders because they know that prices are going to continue to go up. And what I would like everybody to understand is, We've had Apple coming here in the next two years. Um, Google, correct? The the last place Apple went, well, I was going to tell you, Apple started it. But let me tell you, the last place Apple went was Austin, Texas. Uh, They brought 2,500 jobs, which created 32,500 new jobs. Okay, here in the triangle, we're supposed to get about 2,700 is what I've been told. And that's going to make somewhere between thirty and 35,000 other people become employed here because the Googles, the Microsofts, all the other tech sector will follow where Apple goes. But not only that, other types of businesses who build the components for Apple, who do other things. I mean, there's so much that this will create, and we already have a shortage of homes and we're not even dealing with the Apple impact yet. So there is going to be a a paradigm shift, but it's not going to be what you think. You know, the one that happened in 08 was a drop. The one we're getting ready to see is going to be from going here to up here. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to get used to the fact that people moving here from California and other parts of the country aren't going to be saying anymore, oh, gosh, I'm buying a house like you described Mm -hmm. earlier because the truth is, we're. How do you become the best place to live in America, according to Money Magazine? Best place to start a new business, best place to invest in real estate, and people not want to come there, right? Uh, I had a lady a couple weeks ago, one of the first, a patent attorney with Apple, that's one of the first people moving down here, and she came into my office and she said, "I'm getting ready to sell my house uh, in Chicago and." I want to buy a small house here until i decide where i want to live and i'll rebuild my dream house then and said, okay well when she told me that you know my numbers go way down here and she said yeah i mean i don't want to spend more than 1.8 somewhere in that range on this starter house and then you know i'll build my real house later and i'm thinking okay well gosh and we better get used to that because that is the truth and the if you look at the average salary of the people coming with Apple, it's between 189 and 225 Well, the median income in Wake County right now is $90,917. So when you think about that, this is more than double what the average person being employed is right now. So, of course, that's going to bring in a higher-end element. You know, I, I ran stats this past week just trying to figure out absorptions in different price points. I didn't get to a 5.6-month supply until I got to $3.5 million in a home. A $2.5 million home in Raleigh, North Carolina right now only has a 2.6-month supply. That's amazing. So that's not even a neutral market. Right. A neutral market is a six-month supply, uh, and we're you know an extreme
1: seller's market. Now, this is great, guys. Bring the comments right now. This is gold. We have Jim here with all experience. If you have questions, whether you're an agent, you're looking to buy, looking to sell, bring the comments. I can bring it up on screen and uh, he'll be happy to answer those questions for you. And it's funny you were saying that because I had a friend of mine and it was last summer and they were in New York City or they referred me great people. They actually bought uh, yeah. right off um, near North Hills, the parade winner. And um, they referred me somebody that was thinking about coming to rent for the summer, to get their kids out of the condo. And <laughs> She's like, I just want to have a pool, air conditioning. Oh gosh! Um, and I'm like, no problem. What, what, you know, and what do, what do you think? What do you want to spend a month? <laughs> She's like, ah, maybe anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand a month. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, la- and I killed myself. And I'm calling mom, going, "Does that? I don't think that exists here, you know." So I started calling luxury homes that have been sitting inside the Beltline or things like that to see if they like to rent. But it just touches on perspective of where people are coming in from. Uh, so that's awesome. So in saying all this, we have a lot of agents. I know you, we have great teams. Some agents are maybe newer in the game, and they're probably getting frustrated, uh, offers or you know trying to help people and they're not getting get getting the deal. So what would you say for any new agents, newer agents, could be even newer, could be agents doing this for a long time that just need to adjust with the market? What advice would you give them in such a competitive market to help positive attitude and be able to educate their clients? On the front
2: end, I would would tell you have to restructure your own thinking because uh, if the way that you were trying to justify your existence earlier was how much you got off of a price, you have to really go look at what are the numbers now? You know, What's the average due diligence for a house in the price point that I'm purchasing at? And my number's got to be higher than that. If it's not, I have no opportunity to purchase. We're not even talking about price yet. We're just talking about due diligence. Because years ago, when the due diligence contract came out, people were putting $500, yeah. maybe $1,000 due diligence. You know, I've done them as high as 200000 already on houses that were $600,000. Um, you know, and I, I say to you that, that you know, I, I wanted to buy a lot recently from one of our friends uh, in Northridge. And I personally... Gave him two hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, in due diligence money, and then was having buyer's remorse that at, at night <laughs> myself after having written the check, and and you know that does happen. We're going to get buyer's remorse no matter what. We've got a that's a new thing we've got to be able to talk them through is due diligence buyer's remorse. How
1: do you tell buyers this? Because we get this, I overpaid. They did How could you? One, you don't know what the other offers. I tell my clients this. Winning is getting the house at a great interest rate. Everybody wants to win. What That's we're correct. doing, and I think this has been helpful, Jordan Hatch, she helps me. Uh, we put a spreadsheet together of all the homes we've sold, homes we've helped with buyers, and homes we've lost out on. Uh, list price, offer price, due diligence, because as we do our consults, especially with buyers, we're able to show them this is what it's going to take because they're able to see that because for many that are just entering into this market and you're telling them what it's good. It blows their mind. Well, it has to be hands on. I mean, first of all, if you saw the
2: matrices and I mean mine aren't big elaborate spreadsheets, but I break these numbers down so I can explain it to someone easily because I think we forget we deal in real estate every day, but the consumer doesn't do it every day. So, We have to be really patient, first of all, and give them the opportunity to ask their questions quickly because while you're asking these questions, we are losing that house. The moment it came coming soon, offers started right then. If you wait until it can be shown, you will not get the home. They will already have 25 offers, and the, the price is going to be bid up to who knows where. My suggestion Get it off the market the quickest you can. The day you see the coming soon come, apply enough pressure in reverse by the amount of due diligence money you offer and the timeline you offer it on that they don't want to wait for somebody else. Because if you're selling a $500,000 home and I give you $100,000 of that up front, you would love it if I didn't close. Right. The pressure would be off of you. Uh, so, you know, in, in my estimation, it doesn't mean that it's not still going to sell over asking price. It means you secure a chance to buy. And people say, well, I'm a first-time buyer. I don't have that availability. Whatever your availability is, use your best shot the first shot. Don't, oh, I'm going to offer more if
1: I need to. Mm-hmm. You won't get a second like, chance. No, you got to be prepared to go all in. Um, all right, you get this one, too. Uh, Jim, we're just going to wait for the market to shift.
2: Shift up because yeah. you're you're yeah. not gonna you're gonna get yeah. priced out. Yeah. and if if the market is appreciating, if, if it's gonna take you six months to buy, and North Raleigh market is appreciating it at one and a quarter percent per month, then okay, wait six months and you're gonna be paying nine percent more for a house. That's the absolute truth. So the great thing about the way the market is going right now, if it's if you hold a house twelve months in North Raleigh and it's appreciating at 20% annually, you can still pay a full commission and make 14% next Amazing. year on, on reselling a home. People are going to buy up and buy a more expensive house time, but you're also going to see a lot of people speculating in the market, and and they're smart because the reason you're seeing these I buyers, investor buyers we're competing with, is because they're used to not being able to get, but eight tenths of a percent of interest on their money and they can come out with almost no risk and make 15 20 percent on their money in a year's time and they hold the thing for five years think about it if it goes up 20 percent a
1: year for five years it's increased 100 percent in value it's amazing all right so so when you have sellers now right because what's the number one response we get because there's absolutely literally no better time to maximize your your equity and whether you want to parlay that into a, you know, a downsize to a home, your next home. But a seller says, Jim, we just don't know where we want to go. What What advice do you give to the sellers to be able to capitalize on a seller's market, which we were in, but then also be able to parlay that into their next move? Because that's usually the thing that we're seeing – possibly seeing rent backs we're seeing things of that nature but is there anything else that you to yeah, I mean, give e- advice on
2: they're in a position where okay there since there's such scarcity there is a likelihood they could lease their own home back for a period of time while they look but the real reality if you want to super maximize your dollars then you would do a coming soon as quickly as possible uh, and, and take whatever the market is and then become a renter until you find the other property or build the other property of your of your dreams or catch one under construction. I had an agent from another company yesterday, and I represent about 140 neighborhoods right now. And she sent me a list of every one of the neighborhoods and said, tell me what you got in all these price ranges. And, and I said, well, do you have buyers for all of them? No, but I just want everything it got. Well, I won't have it tomorrow, so having it today won't really help you. You know, that's not the knowledge base I'm talking about because it is instantaneous. As people get ready and prepare for the market, both ways, what I would tell you is you need to counsel with that seller and say, listen, guys, I've I've got two options for you. I can maximize the dollars you get out of your house, or I can find you another home, And I think there's very little risk. You won't sell this one if you find the other one at the same time. I wouldn't have thought those opportunities were available before, but in today's world, they are. I mean, it's it's a tough process, but I would tell most sellers in this market, you don't have to just wait and sell today because we are in a prolonged growth pattern right now. I mean— we couldn't catch up if we wanted to. It takes me today to develop the average lot 37 months. It takes me 11 months to build the average house. It's 48-month cycle, right? And we have such a shortage. New will not be enough to overcome the shortage we're experiencing. So prices are going to continue to go up and up and up and up. And resales will be the easiest caveat to get to. Right, so So, there's no way. I mean, the the price in my career, the price between new and resale has always averaged over 20%, not anymore. No,
1: it's going on. That is
2: really narrowed down to the point where new and resale are coming really close to each other. They may still prefer to buy new no matter what, but they may have to settle for a resale that maybe needs a little love. The other thing I would tell you is. Uh, sellers it's not as important the condition of the house today as it used to be uh right. it used to be if you didn't have it perfect the day one you started you wouldn't get top dollar uh, scarcity it, it certain price points it's still important but when you're in the under 500 range it's yep. not because yep. there's
1: nothing available we still do declutter paint carpet statically pleasing oh, are so visual right. because you're exactly right we just got to price it correctly clean up the yards the yep so uh Tell me why you love what you do.
2: I get to help people do what they want to do in their lives. I mean, I like it because I get to, Every day's different. I get to meet a new person every day. I get to experience stuff with other people. And, you know, it's like when I started in business, I was not the answer to things. And, you know, I was always the one asking. And something happened somewhere along the way, and I, I started having the answers for other people. And it's fun to be able to make their choices or help them make it and do it confidently and know that what you're doing for them or trying to help them with you can sincerely say I'm really I care about you that's why I'm doing this it's not about money for me I mean you know the 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 wonderful thing about being successful in anything is it takes the pressure off of you long term in your life And, you know, so right now, I would tell you, I work more for my buyers than I ever have in my life and my sellers. I mean, you know, it's not about what does it do for me. It's about what does it
1: do for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I I agree, too. Every day is different. And at the end of the day, too, what we're helping people accomplish in the grand scheme of things, whether that's their first home, downsizing, maybe helping someone with a very hard time in their life. You know, there's things where we're involved that, we get caught maybe uh, caught up in the day-to-day but when you step back and say this is really cool and that to have the confidence that people have in you to do those is is amazing the the other thing that and i'll say this and i'm
2: saying this to every realtor out there and i want to make sure you get this part once you have a certain amount of success in your real estate career you owe back to your own industry if you haven't noticed i sponsor everything i can sponsor for you know if somebody calls me and says sponsor the parade of homes event i do it or they say, you know, Triangle Business wants to do this or that. I always do those things, not because we're overflowing money. I do it because if we don't as leaders, who will? And I want I want to teach other people that when you invest in your own business and you give back to other people, you can't handle the amount of reward that comes in your direction of An agent who's a top producer asked me the other night at that Triangle Real Producers that I sponsored. She said, well, now what do you get out of this? I said, I get to meet all the other agents. They get along with each other better. It makes my business better. I mean, but they thought there had to be some financial reward for me, and there wasn't. It's just helping. It makes other people. Listen, I think Triangle Real Producers has done more to help the agents like each other in this market we don't compete anymore. Listen, he's one of the top agents in town. I'm one of the top agents in town. We sit right next to. Each other. We're high fiving each other at the elevator. We, I love his family. I, I, his dad is one of my heroes in life. We share a lot of views on life. I won't go into those today, <laughs> but we do. But at the same time, this guy was the stud pilot military guy on earth. His lockers right next to mine at our country club. And I mean, I admire them. I, I've loved Ida since day one. She is the tornado or the hurricane. I'm telling you. And it, I'm we're a lot. I'm a little more chill. She's a little she's out there open. some days, but she's fun. Well, man. That's why
1: I tell people too, because life's exciting you know, like, around her. You know, or when I people reach out to me, I, I've taken a passion to social media and videos. I enjoy doing it. And just the other day, I have agents. They'll email me or text me and say, Hey, can you tell me what camera you use or what do you do? How do you edit? And then there's sometimes people will say, "Well, why do you do that?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, I love helping people, and two, everyone's different, and then third, there's enough business for everybody. There is, you know, and it's it's just helping one another." Um, so the other night in that event, after, and I want to give Aaron Thomas a shout out. Yeah. Because, oh, me too. Yeah,
2: me too. Me. After that event the other night, uh, I mean, I went outside and I had agent after agent after agent. You know, especially some of the new ones just coming up, asking questions. I've had lunch with three or four of them since, and one of them's boss came because they thought I was recruiting the agent because they couldn't imagine why I would be helping them <laughs> if I didn't want them to work on my team. And I was like, well, because they ask. Yeah, that That's what you do. I mean, if if everything you do has got to have a payoff for you, you're, you're not a good person. Right. I mean, you know, it, it should be about we're just nice people. Like, i I was so excited to get to do this with you because – I want to show that we're friends. We're not competing with
1: each other. No. No, exactly. I I think it's it's fantastic. And as you said earlier, too, there's also a difference between being an agent as well as being the, the, the expert in the community, yeah. who to That's go right. to. I had a past client call me today. you he know, hey, well, who do I need to call for my air conditioner? Or where should I go use like restaurant? But that leads me to my last step here before. This has been great. I know we can talk all day. Um, But I have a little rapid question series for you, okay? For some things that we may not know about you. Uh, Favorite restaurant? Winston's. That's a a staple. Favorite food?
2: Oh, man, that's even harder now. Sushi.
1: (laughs) Sushi, your favorite food? All right. Favorite sports
2: team? You can have a couple. I I got a couple, and and it's in every sport. Golden State Warriors, uh, and I'm not a bandwagon guy, but Golden State, because one of my kids loves them, nc state football uh i love the yankees love cincinnati reds love the love the baltimore
1: orioles i'm a big baseball guy baseball did you get on you like the canes You get on the canes train i love the yeah. canes
2: too because they're so exciting Brendan Moore, man yeah. is he not awesome it, dude that guy is so intense i love what it. i
1: love about the canes is because we're a guy people maybe listen outside of the triangles we call it during basketball season there's Battles. You got Duke fans, state fans, Carolina fans, Wake Forest fans, you name it. Then the Hurricanes are playing. We're and all we're one. all there. They're right? all one. You know, we're but not- I'll
2: tell you what I saw last night in that Stanley Cup final. Let me tell you what, those guys, the Lightning is better.
1: I mean, oh, they were good. But we
2: know where we got to go because yeah. they're the only team that could have beaten the Canes yeah. this year. And unfortunately, had to play them in the second round. But next yeah. year, Brendan Moore will not accept them not oh, getting better. That's it. my opinion. I love it.
1: So, what do you like to do when you're not selling real estate?
2: I worship my children, and and I'm I have a really deep faith. So I I I go to Bible study. I keep myself intact that way because I want to be accountable. I have to be an example for my children, and that's the number one thing. I'm a dad first. I got two boys, uh, 15 and 13, that I love more than life itself. And I, and I now that's the other thing with with your clients. Man, I n- understand when their child's got a cold or the nose is bleeding or whatever else. I mean, you and you can't have that empathy without being there, but that's the number one thing, man,
1: dad. I noticed something about you, at least through social, is that you don't miss a baseball game. Never. Now, you guys were just at Campbell. That's right. You know, and my oh, buddy, mom's jacked the up manager exciting. There. I didn't know that. Justin Hill. He was an assistant when I was at watchdog coaching, and now he's the head manager. He's been there about seven years, and the facilities are nice. Like, oh,
2: my gosh. They blow NC State's away. Campbell's, Campbell's baseball field is as good as my kids have played on. And let me tell you what, brother, I posted to my yeah. My son hit back-to-back triples this past <laughs> weekend, and his team won this big event. Now, plays, is that
1: your oldest?
2: That's my oldest. Now he's my your, 15-year-old. Is he
1: your 13-year-old play?
2: My thirteen-year-old plays too. My thirteen-year-old can hit the ball a mile. He's a big kid. He's six-one at thirteen years old, which I don't know where he got the height, but, uh, that's, but awesome. that's another story. All right. So uh, favorite movie? Oh wow, I'm a crybaby. So you know <laughs> I like all kinds of cinema. I can't say just one. You can have a
1: couple because it depends on genre and everything. Oh man, I, that's too hard for me. I can't do it. I. I, I How about I, I, once? What, just pick one. If it's on TV, you can get, you can start watching it from any point. Man, I wa- I've watched Casino. Uh, I know every word uh, of fact. Casino. For... Did you see the the uh, prequel trailer for the Sopranos? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> L- listen, I love love that,
2: but I like it all. Like I also read sappy books yeah. too. I'm I'm that guy that But I but any Grisham movies, those were all great too. You know, I, I don't know. How about that's, your favorite place you visited? I would tell you on my honeymoon in Maui. Um, standing on, stand on the plantation yeah. first tee box and looking at three sixty and seeing the ocean on all sides. And believe it or not, my wife let me play golf on my honeymoon. Uh amazing. And and haven't been back since, but been
1: all over the place. Vancouver, another one. Vancouver, Canada. Oh my gorgeous. God. I was there only for a late we were one night for we went on a trip. I just remember how clean it was. We're on a beach, and there's a plane landing right there in front of yeah. you, and you're on the
2: beach. And it, I mean, it's not far out past where you are, and there's a a golf station out in the middle of it. They, they gas up and take off. That's awesome. It was cool. So, where
1: would you want to travel that you haven't been to? What's a dream destination? I want for you?
2: to go. I want to go. Um, number one, I would like to go to Jerusalem. Um, I would like to walk the Jesus be awesome. Trail. Right? I mean, I I really would. But, um, and rome is the other place just just seeing the history and and you know being able to take a second out i've been most places in the u.s not everywhere but most places in the u.s and you know the u that's what's kept me from going abroad as much because the u.s is gosh i mean you can go in a different place every weekend that you can drive to
1: that's so beautiful right it's the craziest real estate story Oh gosh, I got, a, I got a bunch of these unfortunately. <laughs> I was
2: showing these two elderly ladies' houses one time and you know the daughter was 78 and the mom was in her 90s and I was doing a Nortel relocation and we went up to this split level and knocked on the front door, nobody answers. I heard music playing but we'd made an appointment, they said nobody was home and we went down the hallway and oh my gosh that lady went from barely able to walk to cruising out of the I, I was like in total shock. I've never seen, I mean, all kinds of things like that happen, but I, it's the most, we didn't speak again. The whole drive back to the office, I was scared to talk. I, I asked the, the daughter, would you like to see another house? No. And, and, and she got out and they darted into their car and I ran in the office and I didn't speak to them again.
1: Oh my gosh. So this is the last question I have for you. That is something I ask every guest on the Super Turb Podcast, and I get an awesome answer every time. The best advice you've ever received and by who? Tom
2: Powell told me when I was young in real estate, if I didn't list, I wouldn't last, and I know you hear it all the time. But when he told me, I really took it to heart, and it and – it, helped me to realize as, as an agent, if you aren't outlisting properties, you're not creating opportunities. You, we can all say, I got leads from this or that or the other. The ultimate bottom line listings create every lead that's created anywhere. That that's the best that's great. advice. But, and- but second, be yourself. You don't, you can't be the best anybody else. You can get 1% better yourself every day. Don't compete with anyone other than yourself.
1: Love it, love it. We're going to take a quick break, but any final thoughts? This has been awesome.
2: No, I I, I tell you, I think real estate, I, I know a lot of the young agents. I'm super excited about what the future of real estate here has to, I want to be in it for the next 20 years, but I'm really more and more excited because the the young agents coming on now are very sharp and they're learning so much at a young age so that's exciting so you know my my biggest thing is i would tell you Raleigh's going to be the number one place to live
1: for at least the
2: next million years
1: yeah, that's great so i'm going to take a quick break for the podcast on apple and spotify and we're going to come back i normally have a local beer of the week but today i want to talk about a local business of the week as we finish up the show and if you haven't been there yet, Jim, you're going to want to go check it out. So just take one second, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll wrap up the show on the other side. And welcome back to the Super Turb Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Michael Turbitt, your local real estate expert, a.k.a. Super Turb, a.k.a. Coach Turb, with a featured guest, Jim Allen, owner of the Jim Allen Group. And as I mentioned before the break, I usually have a local beer of the week. There's so many great breweries in the area. But I want to talk about a local business of the week. And I actually was there on location last week, uh, my friend Sam and Anna, they just opened brooksfield indoor golf and lounge in the factory Oh wow! you would love this place wow and as it's raining outside guys it's the perfect place it's friend, kid friendly they have three golf simulators like tiger Woods endorses you can play over 100 golf courses but not only that if you want to throw baseballs you want to shoot hoops you even want to hunt wow you can bring food in on your own you know they have a great pizza place of course you have all the restaurants around the factory but they also have popcorn chips beer wine soda um so I just want to give them a shout out because I think they've been only up open a couple weeks and they've seen a lot of it's been very busy. So it's kid friendly. Go see them. You can hit balls. When I was there I played number 17 for about 15 minutes oh, on wow. sawgrass just hitting shots into there. So um I want to thank everyone that's joined us today on the Super Turb podcast. Also, when you go to Brooksfield sounds Turb sent you. Uh but I can't thank you guys enough. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, please like. Um, again, you can find it on YouTube, Facebook Business, Spotify, Apple. And if there's anything we can do, Jim or myself, Jim Allen, Ida Group, to help you accomplish real estate goals, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you in this competitive time. There's literally no better time to sell as well as buy. So till next time, again, it's Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Group, Codal Banker, HPW. Thanks for joining us. And remember, as always, guys, remember, who you work with matters. We'll see you next time.